Thank you so much for joining this growth support conversation. I'm your host, Neil. And today I'm joined by Maxime Monsu, VP support and co-founder of Birdie, a screen recording solution and co-browsing solution for support teams to talk about the state of support, where we're at now and what's coming for the future, especially looking forward towards 2024 and, and the years to come. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Thank you so much, Neil, for, for having me today. It's a re real pleasure. It's wonderful to have you as well, and, and I'm super glad we could have this conversation. But before we dive into to the, the shift, I'm really wondering how your journey and support has been and, and what you've gone through and how you got here. Yeah, um, so um, it's, a, it's a bit unconventional. Um, actually, I basically fell I, I into, into support um, when I I started a first first venture maybe like ten years ago, and we basically had so many problem and issue with the product, um, also with sales, um, making growing the company, and back then through those hard moments, um, we realized like the support was, um, so basically we, we did a total shift in the company where we put support um, as like the most important team of the organization. And from that, we've been able to uh, solve the product problems thanks to the feedback. Uh, we've been able to find how to talk to our customers for the salesperson, for the marketing. So. Um, I basically fell in love with support by like uh, uh, having to put support in 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 as as a as a, as, a, as a main engine of my companies. Um, so this is like how, how I basically started like uh, with support and like um, after that I just started to um, being like super interested in support. I think it was like super underrated, you know. Like I was like seeing on LinkedIn and um, everywhere like people talking about marketing product growth and success and basically like about like all the departments all the functions except support which made it even more interesting to me <laughs> um and yeah this is how everything started basically 10 years from now nice and i i always think it's really funny that one a lot of people fall into support unconventionally <laughs> through through yeah. a not normal path. I think it's always funny how people jump into it from somewhere else. And I think that also creates the really unique culture that we have in the support community. And you have people from people everywhere, yeah. You know, like if you get like sales, like I don't know, yeah, I studied, I don't know, business, I want to be a salesman, blah blah blah. Like in support, it's really rare, like when you graduate, you're like, Hey, I'm gonna work in support, you know? Yeah. Um, you just end up being there and you either love it or you don't but if you love it um you stay especially now that there is great um sorry great like a um, career opportunity um you know before men i don't know before super support were was seen like a you know like you know like a path to go somewhere else um which i never thought was true but anyway and I believe, like, no, like, people like um, have a great career, um, earn a lot of money, um, you know, like being in support. So um, it's here to stay. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, I always, I always find it funny that it's like, oh yeah, in the meantime, until I feel find a real job, something like this, it's always very stigmatized, at yeah. least at a frontline level, unless you get really... Yeah, but you know, it's not even like until you find a job, it's more about like, hey, um, I joined, I don't know, I joined this company uh, in support and basically people were just like, oh, I'm going to do like two years of support and then I'm going to be able to go to success and maybe I'm going to go to, to product and and this was kind of before i feel like since a few years so like people are just like hey i'm in support and like fuck yeah i'm loving it and i'm gonna stay here you know um but this is also because like salaries have been like um um i mean i feel people like they pay better than before and and you you have like a real um progression progression tracks that you probably didn't have before too um hmm. When when do you think that this shift started to happen when it became much more of a place to stay and a place to grow? I don't know. I, I you know first like there is not like a specific date and like uh I guess some some of the stuff we're going to talk today it's true for some industry uh for other it's don't and it's true for some company within an industry and it doesn't uh for other companies. So something maybe I didn't mention is like um so I'm pretty passionate about support, but my entire knowledge, I would say, let's call it this way, uh, is really related to B2B SaaS. Um, so everything I'm gonna talk to you about, it's not about like, you know, like uh, contact centers for American Airlines, those kind of things. Um, so just just to make sure that you know, like um, I'm talking support about like um, in the in the in the in the SaaS um industry and to talk about like in the SaaS industry i'll say like i don't know like i would say like roughly like maybe like three years ago where really like i've seen you know like this 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 shift and i i i think this shift is part of a much bigger a much bigger shift in a sense that um i feel i mean it's a mix of many like i'm 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 gonna try to 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 look at it clo closer together, but I feel everything started basically when um, um, the cost of acquisition of a customer starting to 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 raise um, a few years ago, and this basically changed many things for the C level in the company. I mean, you know, like from you know, like going to product led for some for for, for some companies. Um, to um just um spending more and being more focused on the customer facing team um all those kind of thing just you know I made a switch where basically um support became more important um and maybe i, I we're gonna talk about it um after but um i guess the main the main feeling is the the main feeling is that um you you you're getting a real shift regarding the way ceo and shareholders basically are um approaching support where it become like a more like a profit center than a cost center because at the end like you know like to be real is like 
we need to talk about money because like um if you ask the ceo you need to grow the company right and before they were looking at really like reduce you know like support costs because it was just like hey um i grow the company um the product is buggy and i need like some support people to just take care of it right and now it's really like support it's way much more than that um you know um um it helps you like um, um understand your customer it helps you understand how to talk to your customer it helps you understand how to build your product what feature build next like um and and yeah um so yeah i guess this is my analysis um there is obviously like many more extra factors going in but i guess like yeah three years ago was the main shift i've also seen a rise in people offering really support as the differentiator in a lot of organizations for SaaS companies specifically even going to the point where you start turning it into a premium uh part of the service yeah. as well where you say hey support is such a benefit for you that it is something that will provide it people a, pay a for support yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know what the, the, the thing about that is um once again, this is, I mean, this is my analysis, but basically maybe like the same, like three years ago. So this is like another factor that enter into the equation is that SaaS products are be, being more and more commoditized. So I don't know, let's say I want to, I want to HR product, you know, um, I don't know, to hire whatever, but I probably have to choose between, I don't know, 10 competitors which provide like more or less the same thing um at uh, more or less same price right so actually once i said that i believe you have like two things that make it uh, different first it's a branding so in the branding, I, I'm, I'm talking about many things, basically. It's like, you know, like, do people recommended you, like, the company? Have you just heard it? And, you know, that's the one that's come on, in, in top of your mind and you started, like, I don't know, to feel special about this company because, um, you know, they did a, a great job on, 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 on branding. The trust that comes with and, the name, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, the trust but also you know sometimes it's just like i don't know it's like intuition feeling just like you know you you feel connected somehow to this company even if you haven't if you have never talked to them before just because you know um maybe you like um you, you like uh, the way they talk you like uh, the type of uh, content they put out there like i mean anyway branding and the second thing is like um i guess the human relationship you're going to build with this company because uh, if you enter in a more and more commoditized um, world talking about SaaS product like obviously i'm gonna go um to buy like company the like product of, of company a because i just have a human relationship with um you know um people from the company and basically human relationship and we're coming here to support where is it built support right so um except even like so product-led company um you don't talk to anyone um the only people you're gonna talk and um build relationship with is support um 
um, then enters also like um, you know like uh, success, um, and even for like sales-led company, yes, um, you talk to a salesperson, then you buy, uh, but then um, to purchase your year over year, like the really the the, the bonding you're gonna create is gonna be like in all the after interaction after purchase which is like through support you know especially like if you're trying to to um i don't know um to use a product to do a specific thing if you especially if you face like a i don't know like a, a, a bug that just sucks and makes you have like a bad experience like all these are part of like you know like when you're gonna build a relationship so uh, everything all like i'm saying all this to say like support with branding is i think really something um which enter um um um, um competitive in analysis you know when like um, um, a potential customer uh, might choose your product over another one so this is another reason why you know c plus level um just um are looking super differently I think you put it in a beautiful way in one of your recent LinkedIn posts. You know, each day you show up with patience, empathy, resilience, transforming challenges into opportunities and frustrations into moments of delight for people we serve. And you also said that every call, chat, email doesn't just solve a problem. It creates an experience that fosters that relationship, yeah. uh, that builds that branding and builds that experience and relationship that you're talking about when you talk about human connection and that differentiator in terms of support. and. And companies i'm i'm really yeah go ahead sorry go ahead i was gonna say i i'm really curious to know when you say that you know people show up with empathy resilience and these you know really transforming these challenges do you think that the skill set of a support person has needed to shift or change over these past three years that you're also talking about what makes that general service experience to something that really stands out um so i have many reactions here um first you know like um a, a skill for being a good um support professional really depends uh the like the culture of the company obviously but depends on like the type of product of, of customer uh, you're providing support to and 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 the type of product uh you're supporting um you know uh i don't know um if you support a very technical product you know um you probably to need to have different skills from um i don't know like a very easy product but for non-tech savvy people um from i don't know um um, a, a product which uh, might be highly customizable um, and also so this I would say this is like a first column in the table and then you have a second column which is for example like the channel of support so you don't need the same skills if you're providing like um, 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 phone call service you know um, to live chat service so you have people who are just like amazing at like reply like I, I building relationship in support uh, through live chat or email but sucks on the phone and that's fine you know so first you know what i'm gonna tell you about it just like skills is it's not just like hey this is uh, what you need to be a great in support yeah you need to have empathy and you need yes obviously 
but then like um, you really have a place for everyone you know in support like you have people who don't like to talk to customers but who fits definitely well in um, maybe like depending of your model but if you have a classic tiering model like you know in level two or level three because you don't usually like chat directly to customer or maybe in some companies you need to do zoom with customers so it's not for you so anyway um this is i would say my first reaction uh the second reaction is um we are at the beginning of a real shift in terms of skills and it already started and i'm not gonna tell you that uh, you're gonna you're gonna lose your job because of, of ai this is not my point but ai and automation are changing the face of support which means i believe that tomorrow we'll need much more talented people i'm not saying they are not talented people in support but i mean like you really need gonna need like only talents in support because it's gonna be like a more and more complex um area um and and decisive area for a company so the added value value sorry not gonna be so much into like a you know um if you answer like a, a correctly um if you don't do like a type of mistake and all the shit, it's really gonna be about like the you know the like the the, the workflow you're gonna build the support operations um so it's gonna be much more like you know it, it's gonna be a much more intellectual work i feel and much more interesting and much less of just like a um um sit on, on on your desk and just like um get into the queue and answer the tickets I, i'm not saying you, you know you know and and obviously like all the k how do i change my credit card and that like that's done you know um when an agent's gonna take in charge into a ticket it's gonna be like a highly complex ticket where you need like human interaction when you so this shift is already happening we are just at the beginning of it but um, long story short, I feel um, if you take like the, 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 you know, like the, let's call it the support funnel where you get like all your type of tickets, um, you can have the first part of the funnel who's gonna be probably um, automated. And then you're gonna get like um, the, the few tickets who really need like your attention as a support professional. Um, so, you're gonna free up um, time to focus on 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 this and maybe delight like VIP customers because you know if you have like ten customers that bring you half of your MMR MRR sorry like uh, you might want to answer like um, um, in a human way um, every at, at every single of their requests you know I don't know like depending of what you're building here in support but um, so yeah. I guess um, it's happening. Yeah, I mean, of course, depending on your type of organization, everything is you know customized and changed. But what I understand is that you'll be able to remove a lot of those tier one tickets so that you can really focus on exactly those competencies of digital savviness, really being able to utilize technology uh, to or maximize it at least. 
a lot more operational competencies to be able to take a step back and say, okay, I'm not necessarily going to solve this myself, but I'm going to use technology automation and AI to be able to solve a larger picture problem so that you can also prioritize higher customer segments per se, depending on how you want to prioritize customers on MRR or something like this. Yeah. Yeah. For people who are leading teams, VPs, support, uh, really being able to begin developing these competencies within their teams to go from, hey, I have my current team, I want to be able to develop their competencies and develop their skills. How would you say that a VP could go about starting to develop these competencies within their teams and start to understand which competencies they need to focus on? Let's say you're like a new VP. I mean, you're a VP of support joining like a new a new adventure. Um, I guess the first thing you need to do and the most important is just assessing um, the skills of all of your team. And by assessing the skill, um, it's not about like, hey, uh, I mean, uh, it's not about like uh, looking at what they're doing good or wrong it's more about sitting with them and talking about what they like and what they don't like and i really believe about like uh, building um a support organization also based on on you know like the the the, the skills and knowledge of the people who currently are are here so i i feel like you know like assessing the skills at least in the at the beginning is as much important as like improving the skills because if you assess the skills well uh, you can then change your support organization in a way it's going to be much more efficient way quicker way quicker than you know like like improving the skills because yes you can improve the skill and you need to but it takes time you know uh, it goes over the years you have a lot of attrition in the support um community so you have like support agents living all the time new ones coming all the times um so um assessing um then i guess shadowing is like the most efficient way uh, me i'm not a, a huge believer about like a, a, you know grab this uh, this course and uh, teach i don't know I feel like shadowing is like uh, the best way, you know. Um, and by shadowing, I don't mean like you know, like um, yeah. The way I see it's not like you know, uh, level three is better than level one, not at all. It's just like two different jobs. So level one, um, shadowing level, level three, level three, shadowing level one. But also and especially like uh, shadowing other job, you know. I'm thinking about QA engineers, um, engineering team, product team too um success i guess this is like um like the best way to grow your your skills uh your, your support team skills and at the same time as if you're coming into a team and you realize hey this person's been doing maybe in the queue and in the triage but they don't necessarily find value and it is not what they want to do if you do find a place for them and build your organization in a way that suits the existing competencies of people on your team, then you can start to also provide more value and employee engagement for your team as well, where you're focused on oh, yeah. building Definitely. valuable relationships you know, for them to progress. I have like I have I have like good um this friend of mine who, who was like um a VP in a very famous um SaaS company. And basically, he assessed 
I mean, for first months, first quarters, he's assessing like all these all these uh, teammates, and just he realized like, hey, um, why are you like uh, in in level one if you just don't like to talk to customers? You know, so that's crazy because you have a person who's here in 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 for like two years. We're doing a good or even a great job, but just like hate talking to customer, right? So you just need to to rethink the organization because this person needs to go probably somewhere here, somewhere else within the support organization that fits her skill much better. So, for example, because this person I'm thinking about was like having like a cheering model and like uh, shift everything for um, you know a different um model much more horizontal um where basically you have like a different teams who really like tackle different problem depending of like the journey of the customer or depending like the type type of product they're interacting with so you know you just or depending on the type of issues you know um it's a structure and structure anyway so um look at your people and and just um the organization based on them anyway yeah. sorry <laughs> no i i think it's very interesting to understand that the state of support is shifting from a very uh you know operational model to where it is almost a cost center to becoming a, a usp for organizations where it is becoming a much more profit center and specified part of the product or at least differentiator for specific products when you're looking at being able to choose a vendor or choose a provider um, and as we move into now we're starting to develop deeper competencies and it's starting to shift into you know obviously ai and automation is changing the way that we approach work and the way that we approach support i'm really curious to pick your brain about what you think next year or the next two years looks like for the shift of support First, I think um, we are going back to a. That's a bit controversial because basically we think that AI, you know, are gonna gonna automate everything and make us talk to the bot. But actually, what it's gonna do is gonna gonna free up time to have real human conversation. So, the first thing is like I believe support gonna become. I mean, come back much more human than it has been the past five years. You know, like. Um, so this is the first shift I think that's going to happen, and I already see it. Like I'm talking about a bunch of like VP, VP of of support, and they're like focusing to being able to have human conversation when it needs to. You know, so that's the difference. So you probably have less than before, but you have them really when you when when it's needed. You know. Um, maybe you know, like a, like um, like I was talking with a, another like. A, a, you know, they have a special tool for, for example, um, customer who might have a chance to churn and also swap is like a pure human, you know? So you, you can build a lot of things. So this is the first thing. A second thing, which um, it's pretty, I don't know if it's funny, but you know, like support teams always focus their KPIs, their metrics on, the time it took to solve the request which they still do and obviously this is like um, one of the most important metrics and probably like the most important 
but the customer effort is really also um, coming into the equation. And the funny thing is I've seen like the, the customer effort score um, becoming like a North Star metric for many teams. Um, just because um, if you're like the customer effort is the most important metric that's gonna help you align all the support operations. So I'm gonna explain it differently. Just like if you focus on reducing effort for your customer, it's gonna streamline many of, of your, I mean, it's gonna force you to streamline many of your support processes. Um, and sometimes much more than look, looking at the, at the time to resolution, for example. So I think this is another shift. And I don't have the, I don't have like the, the crystal ball. And this is more like on a macroeconomic approach. Um, is like, you know, like support still is one of the most impacted team, uh, when you get like budget cut, basically. Um, and I guess this really depends on the technology sector valuations. So we see what the next year or two years brings in terms of valuation. If like companies valuation, able to 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 go back to what they were no problem for everyone if if it stays like this like um if you are in a if you're providing support in a company who you know start to have a bit of difficulties and like they're looking to raise but there is a big chance that they're not gonna raise like it, it might be a bit um tricky so but we'll see what the future has for us I love what you mentioned about customer effort score becomes much more important in terms of some of the more operational metrics, like for example, you know, total time to resolve these kinds of things. Because if you look at customer effort score overall, it, it aligns the entire process and it streamlines that because you have, hey, you might get a really fast time to solve, but before they even got to you in the first place, the customer had to do so much to get there. And just marking the time to solve doesn't necessarily show you the effort that they had to go to before they actually talked to you or before they actually came to you in the first place. So getting an overlying picture of their operational process and the time that it took them to actually take care of the whole thing altogether is completely separate and different as well. I think it becomes yeah. more and more important measuring how you're doing things rather than what exactly you're doing. Yeah, and talking about like customer effort score, like the other one that really great too, and we don't need to forget, is agent's effort score, right? It's like basically doing the same you're doing from like um, a customer perspective, but, but but from an agent perspective, you know, uh, because if you improve agent's effort score, you're also gonna streamline, you know, in a way, you know, all the processes. Obviously, it doesn't have to um, impact um customer effort score if you need to pick between customer effort or agents effort you need to pick um customer effort but most of the time um one not first like doesn't impact you know the other one sometimes yes sometimes yeah, most they, of the time they no. go in hand i mean we're talking about really the shift in support and and changing it from the customer perspective but internally from the company perspective support has also been becoming a much more specific driver within the organization itself. I mean, earlier in the conversation, you mentioned we're going from 
we're really changing the product from a product-led company. We're the source of information for feedback and next feature requests and also how to change the organization from directly our customer feedback. How do you think support teams are becoming more strategic within the organization within this time period? I guess it's pretty simple in the sense that no like support has a seat at, at the table. And before they didn't. If a CEO call like is a C plus level executive, like yeah, C plus executive. Now, in most of the time, you have the VP support in it, uh, which sometimes is called, you know, um, VP of success, uh, um, VP of customer experience. So I don't know, like you know, I'm talking about support, but you know, like support can have like many names. A, a customer role, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, those guys. Have a seat at the table, right? So I, I think this is a big. I mean, it 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 shows that it has a straight and a clear impact on the company trajectory. And this most of the, I mean, almost never happened like before. You know, like five to ten years ago, like no way. So I guess just being being at the table. Um, showing like how we are able to impact you know like um the the, the company grows i mean the job is done you know makes sense. i don't know if, the, if, if this was like um, the type of answer you were expected but um talking to the vp of support this is really what i feel is changing like you know when when you when when you hear them it's just like um not can I have conversations straight with this with the C plus level. And I mean, for for companies who are starting and going through that journey, obviously young companies are beginning to kind of get the seat at the table. Is there anything that you would say that a customer role or someone in that position can do early to start getting that seat at the table within the organization? Mm, yes, yeah, there is one thing to do to be like. Um, the favorite and get the raise <laughs> is to be the voice of the customer. So basically, in an early stage company, the toughest is you know to find your product market fit, which is basically the job of the CEO, which is basically spending time with potential customer, customer understand the need, understand the their pain, know how to talk about the the, the product you're you're developing, and also all this. And this from like outside, it might, it might seems like uh, people have it figured out, but really like, I would say until like before series B, all companies are still doing that. You know, they haven't find like they're really like, you know, like a, a repeatable model to sell. Like, so basically being the voice of the customer just means like, hey, as a head of support, um i'll make sure together everything needed during our support conversation with customer to be able to be the voice of the customer to all the other team and to my ceo if you do that um i mean you're basically bringing the most important value um to the companies for its success so just do that <laughs> very clear i mean i think being a customer advocate and really raising with the data an informed decision and informed information around what exactly those customers are, who they 
are and what they're looking for is very, very important to be able to raise back to the company, especially, for example, for a product-led organization where you have an amazing product, but are the people using it in exactly the way that you're building it for? You should be building it for them in a sense as well. So being able to raise that and feed it back into the business is, is really important. It's crazy. Like uh, sometimes people don't imagine how you can be blind, you know, by just um, putting all the efforts into growing the company, but just not having really understand, you know, who my customer are, how do I need to talk to them and blah, blah, blah. And so being the voice of the customer really like basically like should be able to solve this equation. When, once it's solved, then like every other department can be efficient, you know, so the so sales know what to do, the so marketing know, know how to talk to, to, to the potential customer um, and, and it goes on. So. I love it. I have one last question for you. Uh, I'm really curious to know if there's a piece of advice that you have or something that you've learned along your support journey that you still hold very true to today that's really impacted your experience. Mm. I guess don't take it personally. Um, that will be my 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 motto. Like when you when you work in support, just you know, like um, it's obviously mentally challenging to work in support because like you're just dealing with problem like all day long. You know, people not gonna come to to they're not gonna submit a ticket by telling you, "Oh, Neil, I love your product. You're amazing." Blah blah blah. So it's just like, hey, Neil, fuck, like it's not working. Like I, I, I hate you. I hate your product. Blah blah blah. So you deal with this all day, um, and even if you, I mean, you know you have to deal with problems, but you you need to to don't take it personally and take care of yourself first. If you take care of yourself, you'll be able to take care of the others. I love it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming in and joining it and being able to speak to where we're at and kind of the shifts that's been happening within within support. It's been a pleasure. More than welcome. Um, thanks for your time. And once again, you just like my perception, uh, probably not the reality, but uh, I'm glad we, we had a moment to, to chat about it. Mm -hmm.